No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how David conquers all his surrounding enemies because the Lord preserves him wherever he goes. It's a lesson in how to be victorious. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. There is something very exciting about being at the zenith of an administration, whether it is politically, in a church, or in your career. If you're just thriving because God is prospering you and it seems that everything is going well, it's just a great time. Too bad it doesn't always remain that way, but when it does come, you might as well enjoy it. Such was this time of David's administration of the nation of Israel. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 8. After this, it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Methagama from the hand of the Philistines. Then he defeated Moab. Forcing them down to the ground, he measured them off with a line. With two lines, he measured off those to be put to death, and with one full line, those to be kept alive. So the Moabites became David's servants and brought tribute. The Philistines had been the perennial enemies of Israel. David began his career by slaying their prize fighter, Goliath. Now he took Methagama, which literally means the bridal of the mother city. It was a chief city of the Philistines, probably referring to Gath. With this conquest, David now fully subdued the Philistines. Next, he defeated the nation of Moab. David had two measuring lines. One was twice as long as the other. He had the Moabites lie down on the ground. With the long cord, he measured those who would die, and with the short cord, those who would live. Thus, he killed two-thirds and made one-third his servants. Now, I don't understand why David treated the Moabites so harshly, because David's great-grandmother, Ruth, was a Moabitess. And the king of Moab allowed David's parents to live in his nation while Saul was pursuing David's life. But you know, even in the lives of its heroes, such as David, the Bible often gives the account of their actions without necessarily endorsing them. Now, with these two victories, David expanded the borders of Israel to the southwest and to the southeast. Verse 3. David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to recover his territory at the river Euphrates. David took from him 1,000 chariots, 700 horsemen, and 20,000 foot soldiers. Also, David hamstrung all the chariot horses, except that he spared enough of them for 100 chariots. Zobah was north of Israel in the region of Syria, and Hadadezer was away recovering his territory at the river Euphrates. So David took advantage of the opportunity to attack. He captured 20,000 foot soldiers, 700 horsemen, although 1 Chronicles 18.4 puts the number at 7,000, perhaps a scribal error in one place or the other. And 
He also captured 1,000 chariots. He hamstrung the horses, except for 100, which would be used to field the first chariot corps of Israel. Hamstringing a horse involved cutting the tendon, usually on the back leg, so rendering the animal useless. Now, this seems cruel to us. Uh, However, it was a military technique to weaken the enemy. You have to understand that the horse and chariot was the ultimate weapon. The chariot was sort of like the modern tank today. Centuries earlier, when Joshua conquered northern Canaan, the Lord commanded him to hamstring the horses and burn the chariots. Since Joshua utterly destroyed those nations, the order that God gave was presumably so that Israel would trust in the Lord to defeat their enemies and not in the military weaponry. Verse 5, When the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 of the Syrians. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought tribute. So the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Now, by placing military outposts in Syria, David was able to collect tribute from the Syrians. As part of his covenant with David, God had promised that he would give Israel rest from all her enemies. Now he was bringing it about, giving David victory wherever he went. The Lord preserved David because David trusted in the Lord and fought the Lord's battles. These were truly the glory days of David's kingdom. And David took the shields of gold that had belonged to the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem, also from Beta and from Barothai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took a large amount of bronze. God wouldn't permit David to build the temple because he was a man of war with much blood on his hands, and God didn't want David with bloody hands building his temple. Instead, God would have David's son Solomon, a man of peace, build the temple. David could have been sullen about this. He he could have pouted because he couldn't do what he wanted to do in building the temple. Instead, he dedicated the spoils that he acquired in war for the construction of the Lord's temple. Here we see that David took a large amount of bronze that he acquired from Hadadezer. That bronze, we know uh, for at least one place that it was used, was in the Great Sea, a huge reservoir of water that was used in the temple and made out of bronze. God may close the door to you in one area of ministry. You may want to be involved on the worship team, for example, but that door never opens. Or maybe you want a teaching ministry, but that door never opens. Rather than being upset that you can't do what you want, do what you can do. You see, the thing is, God has given to each of us at least one gift, and usually more than one, and he's given us a calling, and these are irrevocable. So pray and ask the Lord to show you your gifts and your calling, and then offer these to the Lord as your offering, and serve him where you can. David couldn't build the temple, but he certainly could give toward it, and God would certainly bless it. Verse 9. When Toi, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated all the army of Hadadezer, then Toi sent Joram, his son, to King David to greet him and bless him. Because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Hadadezer had been at war with Toi 
And Joram brought with him articles of silver, articles of gold, and articles of bronze. King David also dedicated these to the Lord, along with the silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued, from Syria, from Moab, from the people of Ammon, from the Philistines, from Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah. So we see here yet another king, the king of Hamath, To'ai, who really, in a good political move, uh, gave David a great gift by the hand of his son because David had defeated Hadadezer, who had been a common enemy. He was an enemy of To'ai as well. And so uh, seeking really to befriend David and uh, give him a gift rather than have David as an enemy, no doubt seeing that God was prospering David wherever he went. Uh, it was just a good political move. And David also dedicated these gifts to the Lord along with all of the silver and gold that he received from the other nations. You can just see that David's heart was in his giving. You know, the Lord says that he loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. Jesus said not to lay up treasures on this earth, but lay up treasures in heaven where moth won't destroy, thieves won't break in and steal, uh, a stock market crash won't take it away, you know, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And clearly, David had put a lot of treasure into the temple, even though it wasn't built yet. Uh, he was laying that up, and uh, that's where his heart was at, no doubt. Solomon would build the temple, but David had the heart for it. Verse 13, and David made himself a name when he returned from killing 18,000 Syrians in the Valley of Salt. He also put garrisons in Edom throughout all Edom. He put garrisons and all the Edomites became David's servants. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Now, the Greek translation of the Old Testament is known as the Septuagint. And there, these 18,000 Syrians are identified as Edomites. We see the same thing in 1 Chronicles 18.12, where they are also identified there as Edomites. That makes more sense because the Valley of Salt was south of the Dead Sea, close to Edom, whereas the Syrians lived up north. David established more military outposts in Edom to bring forth tribute from the Edomites, making them his servants. Once again, we are told that the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Psalm 118.10 says, Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Now, of course, we don't live in this age of uh, bloody carnal warfare like David did, but we do face a very real spiritual enemy, the devil. But the Lord will also preserve you from the attacks of the enemy, However, they may manifest themselves. If you will trust in Christ and keep his commandments, the Lord will preserve you. Verse 15. So David reigned over all Israel and David administered judgment and justice to all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilad, was recorder. Zadok, the son of Ahitab, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, were the priests. Sariah was the scribe. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over both the Carathites and the Pelathites. And David's sons were chief ministers. 
Here we're given the inner workings of David's administration. Justice and righteousness are the hallmark of a noble ruler, and David administered these to all his people. We see that his general was Joab, who was also David's nephew. His recorder or historian was Jehoshaphat. And Zadok and Ahimelech were both named as priests. This indicates that a transition was occurring in the office of the priest. Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, was a descendant of Eli, and that priestly line Samuel had said would come to an end. Zadok was a descendant of Aaron through Eleazar. The Zadok line of priests would be established in David's time and then continue through the rest of the Old Testament. Jehoiada was one of David's mighty men who oversaw the Carathites and the Pelathites. These were foreign mercenary troops who comprised David's bodyguard. And finally, David's sons were made chief ministers by his side. Though I only have one son, I can speak from personal experience that it is a great blessing to have your son working by your side in ministry. How blessed were the people under David's administration? Because David was a man after God's own heart. He prospered wherever he went. The Lord preserved him. And he was able to expand the borders of Israel. And God gave the nation rest on every side. God helped David to defeat and subdue all his enemies. And he'll do the same for you if you'll trust in him. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where David seeks to bless someone from the house of Saul and finds Mephibosheth, the son of his beloved friend Jonathan. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.